You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 18. And this week, me and Mike and Blake are sitting around talking about a recent trip that we took to Kentucky to hunt whitetails on public land. We're going to talk about some of the things that went wrong and some of the things that went right. So I hope you guys will stick around. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. <laughs> you like how I go from talking? Yeah, talking slowly. To to welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting yeah. Podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm your host. turn number one. <laughs> I'm your host, Parker McDonald. <laughs> but we got uh, we got Michael Pike and Blake Eccles here. How you guys doing? Good man, great man. Good to be here. Yeah, it may- Blake, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's been a hot minute. A hot minute. You guys have been to Kentucky, been running around shooting deer. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, or att- attempting. <laughs> yeah, one of y'all shot a deer. One, one of us has <laughs> shot a deer. But uh, we're going to talk about that today. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun conversation. This yeah. is the Kentucky Recap Podcast. What we learn. Yeah, what we learn. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely don't feel like I came back dumber. You know, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I came back a little bit smarter and. Uh, <laughs> You know, we say one of us one of us killed a deer, but I really, when we were there in that moment, it felt like both of us killed a deer. Like, yeah. I felt, I was pumped up. Hey, man. when your buddy kills a deer, man, it's yeah. still the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, with the exception of my dad, I think you got you two guys are the only two people that have ever killed a deer, and I have legitimately been as happy as if I would have killed a deer. That's good. You were, you were pretty stoked. Yeah, I was more excited than yeah. you were. <laughs> I can tell I in the video. You, I don't you usually show my emotions. Like, I mean, it takes a while before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was fun though. But we're going to talk about all that today. First, we are going to give a huge shout out to some of our partners. Um, first off, Michael, you're the first one of us to shoot a deer with your new breed. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it was pretty sweet. I mean, yeah. It was cool. <laughs> it yeah, was cool. It, it, was, it was awesome, guys. You made a great <laughs> shot on it. A great shot. I appreciate shot. it. Now, the first one. So the second he, shot. <laughs> yeah, he 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 he, uh, he ducked that first arrow, but the uh, second one got him. And, I mean, it got him good. 
Yeah. You didn't go far at all. Got him real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the this is this is the moment where you do like a classic like outdoor channel ad. Be like, I just don't know that I'd killed this deer without this bow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you would have. You you put another bow in your hands, you wouldn't have killed it. Yeah. If you wouldn't have been camoed out. <laughs> There's no way you would have shot that deer. There's no way I would have been <laughs> able to get No way. What kind of cover scent were you using? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think must. <laughs> yeah, that it, it's called six day musk. <laughs> oh man. So um I I loved take I loved I loved taking my bow into the tree with me. That was always fun. <laughs> felt, felt good in the hand. <laughs> that felt good. I did actually I mean I got a couple shots off. Yeah. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. You know some of the issues that I was having, but it had zero to do with my bow. Um, zero to do with not maybe not zero to do with my shooting ability. It was just the situations. We'll talk about that. I don't want to give all that stuff away. It was the situ- it was situational for sure. But man, I'm telling you this. I don't know if you felt the same. Um, as light as my bow is, my GX2, like it never felt like a chore carrying my bow in my hand, you know, hiking long distances. You know? Yeah. Now I definitely had mine decked out a little bit more. I had Tacticam weight on there. And so it, it definitely made a difference with that. So um, my bow is not as light as yours. Yours is definitely a lot lighter than mine. Yeah. The way it's set up. But yours, even even without the Tacticam on there, I think yours is a little bit lighter than mine. It is. It is. I, I mean, that was why I bought the bow in the first place. But you guys, go and check out New Breed. They are completely direct-to-consumer model. Um, and if you will go and call, go to their website, newbreedarchery.com, um, find the number. If you're interested in getting a new bow, you can get a completely custom setup bow. Um, whatever, if, if they have a dip for it, you can get it. Um, here's what you can do. You can go in, and we don't have a discount code set up, but when you tell them that Southern Ground sent you, you will receive a discount, which is pretty cool. Um, probably based on how, how Kyle feels that day, how, how big your discount is. <laughs> so pray pray to God that he shoots. I think he's elk hunting right now. Yeah. Um, so pray that he shoots an elk, and then call him right after that. You may get a big discount. You can just have it. Yeah. You know what? Here's your bow. You can have it. I killed an elk. No, um... But again, huge shout out to New Breed. We love our bows. We we really enjoyed them. Who else we got? Onyx. Onyx Maps is the best mapping software that I think exists right now, and um, and it only it's only getting better every single day. Every single time I, it's it feels like every time I look at it, every time I pull it up, it's something new, you know. And um, I got to use it in Kentucky, which was, I mean, I've used it for a couple seasons now, but. You know, the more you learn about topography and stuff like that, like there is just so much to learn within that space. And then going into a new state where there's different terrains and stuff, you start to see different different reasons for um, things like a tracker, you know, or, or um, there was a couple places we went into where there was zero phone service. And so mm-hmm. that off grid functionality was I think one of the one things that Onyx has that you know you don't hear a lot talked about but is really nice feature and that's having like the neon orange uh topography lines you know if you've got your satellite imagery most of the time they're like black overlaid lines and you can barely see them and i mean these jokers pop out so you can definitely find those military crests real easy and i I think that's one one thing that's yeah not talked about much that that's pretty cool i never actually thought about it but I do know that I've always thought, like, man, I like looking at Onyx's um, 
topo lines a whole lot better than any other one right. you know that I've looked at. Um, so definitely a fan, definitely a fan of Onyx. We're going to talk about Onyx here in just a second. Um, but first, we're going to talk about Go Wild. As you guys all know, um, we had Brad on the last show. He co-hosted the intro with me, and we talked about an, a new giveaway that we're doing with Go Wild, where we're going to give away $100 worth of Go Wild gear. Um, uh, all you have to do is on Go Wild, go set up a Go Wild account if you don't have one, and you just tag me or Southern Ground at Parker McDonald or at Southern Ground and log your time of listening to this podcast. That is under... Um, you open up the app, you go log, you put in Southern Ground and tag me or Southern Ground in it, and you will be entered for a chance to win $100 worth of your choice of Go Wild gear, and we are going to throw in a premium Onyx membership to the lucky winner. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool giveaway, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, can I enter into that giveaway, or am I excluded from that? You can. <laughs> you can enter into it. If you won, though, <laughs> you already have Onyx. Yeah, you're right. So, you're right. Um, you could have a really good Christmas present to give somebody. Yeah. So if you already yeah. have Onyx, let's talk about that for a second. That's if a you already idea. have Onyx and $100 worth of Go Wild gear, this is how you could give Christmas gifts this year. Uh, do you all ever think about that? Like, No, that, no, no. but that's a good <laughs> idea. Onyx would be an odd for... The yeah. hunter in the family. That'd be a great gift. Man. I'm, yeah, pretty, man. I'm pretty selfish. I'd probably like have like two Onyx. Two and, accounts. And just, $200 worth case. of gear. <laughs> <laughs> so go and do that. If you don't have an account already, go set it up. Basically, all Go Wild is is a social media platform for people like you and me. Hardcore deer hunters, outdoorsmen, fishermen, turkey hunters, elk hunters, with something else people that keep getting blocked off facebook yeah if you're if your stuff keeps getting blocked on facebook and it's ticking you off go get a go wild account when i first started go wild needs to have a classifieds like that would be a really good idea all right brad if you're listening (laughs) if you're listening michael pike michael pike is not a super opinionated guy but this is his opinion and he thinks it'll help yeah Brad probably isn't listening, but <laughs> you could have like camping on there, camping classifieds. You could have you know your archery and uh, and different gear. I think that'd be that dude, makes a ton. Of that would sense. bring a sweet. lot of a lot of extra people too. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I've been looking for a place. I, I'm selling a couple tree stands right now, and uh, it's just so hard on Facebook, man. Yeah, I'm about to be selling yeah. a bunch of backpacking gear, and there's no way I'm gonna sell it on Facebook. No, I, I don't know. That, I could go off on a tangent on that, but we won't because today we're going to talk about Kentucky. Right after we talk about Tethered. <laughs> so the boys at Tethered are, um, man, old Greg is just cranking out some saddles right now. They finally started getting the extra larges out to people, and I know some people are enjoying it. Um, it's just really cool. We were talking about it before. Um, they, I mean, there was some really big things that, that kind of put them set kind of a setback for them with safety testing and stuff and the overall conversation on different forums and on facebook pages and stuff has been positive people being completely understanding i just love that part about uh, i think a lot of that has to do with greg and uh and ernie and kind of the the stage that they set for themselves you know they're never the guys that are kind of come and be defensive about well this is why we're doing blah 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 you know and and be rude or anything like that they just they just tell the honest truth and um i'm looking forward to getting past this season of uh delays and when those things start getting into into production a little bit faster i think you're gonna have a lot of happy hunters so 
that's all I got to say about that. So uh, big big shout out to the guys at Tethered. But we're gonna talk about Kentucky now. Y'all ready? Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready. Yeah. All right, Blake. Go start ahead. asking questions. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Blake is here because. Um, First off, because he's awesome, and he's a good friend, <laughs> and he is a co-host of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, but he did not get to go to Kentucky with us, so I not, asked not him... Not this time. Not this time. Yeah, we will go to Kentucky. That's right. Uh, but I asked Blake to come in and you know hit some of the questions that maybe we wouldn't think of just because we were there, and, um, and I, and I, I want to kind of break this up day by day, and Blake, if you hear some things that's like maybe we don't exactly say it to where everybody would understand it because they weren't there then just interrupt and and talk about it but gotcha um we're gonna start out day by day and we actually put this all on youtube and so people can people can watch the whole series the whole kentucky series after you listen to this podcast you can you can go in and have probably about a good what hour and a half yeah worth of video content that you can watch great awesome videos too man i was there were so many times I just wanted to go jump in my truck, dude, and just drive <laughs> up. It's like, all right, I, I, four hours, I can make it. I wish but you would have, man. That awesome video, fun. seriously, yeah. Appreciate it, man. It was it was a lot of fun to create, a lot of fun to make. We were successful. You spent a lot of hours awake. Yeah, I was awake yeah. a lot for that trip. <laughs> I bet you were, man. <laughs> I did not spend a lot of hours asleep. I will say, however, that um, if there was a, an award given for people who hunted the hardest— I would have gotten that award. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you would have. <laughs> that doesn't mean uh, Jason Jason Wilkerson said, "I'll give you this, man. You hunt hard." Isn't and my response like a, was, "That doesn't mean I hunt good." <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like a participation trophy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those are, hey, that's not cool, man. That's the Democrats <laughs> hunt hard, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Michael just gave me that look, like I'm a Democrat. <laughs> like, hey, man. No. No, I'm a I'm a Fox News guy. <laughs> oh boy, hardcore <laughs> red. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so day one, right? Day one was. I'm trying to think what happened day one. You're, yours was you, you day were by one. yourself, right? You were by yourself. I was I was by myself on day one. I got there, so I'm going to break this down. We had church that day, and I work obviously for the church, so I had to be here that Sunday. And I left immediately after church on Sunday. Now, let me start off by saying the whole trip started with me going to Walmart because my tire on my trailer did not look like it was going <laughs> to hold up <laughs> hold up for the whole trip. Yeah. And uh, I had a bearing that, that broke, and uh, I had to change that. That Sunday? No, it broke oh, okay. the week before that. I got the bearing fixed. But and I took it to a tire shop to get a new tire. I was super broke and still had to pay for a trip to Kentucky. You yeah, know? yeah. And um, and so I was really procrastinating. Like I was like, oh, I just really don't want to do this. And actually, I went to Kentucky and back, and still haven't changed that tire. So I still got the tire in the back of my in the back of my Hummer. So it held up. But I just wanted to have that spare just in case. And so my trip started out with like, is it what a negative? I knew I was going to have to do it, but. It just kind of sucked, you know, spending that much money when you know I'm about to spend a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got there, got to Kentucky, hurried up because I really wanted to hunt. I really wanted to hunt that night. And I got in my kayak. I mean, I didn't even go to the hotel. I got my kayak and started floating, found a spot where I wanted to hunt. And as soon as I got out of the bottom, like the high water line was, the water was pretty low. And so there was kind of a, 
the drop off into the water. So I had to climb up, get all my gear up there. As soon as I got up there, dude, deer were just blowing all over the place, blowing out of there. And I was like, well, probably shouldn't hunt this evening. If the deer are already up on their feet, I probably don't need to hunt. And so I got back in the kayak and went and sc- kind of scouted different areas where I thought I could potentially see deer and also where I, there was a low spot in the water, in the creek, so that I could get out, you know, get out of the boat. And so that was my first night consisted of just paddling that river. I paddled like a mile and a quarter, I guess, up up the river and then and then came back and got in the hotel, met Jason. Jason Wilkerson came and, uh, and camped out with us. And that was kind of a last minute thing that ended up being really awesome. Yeah. But um, that was pretty much day one. And then... Day two, you got there that afternoon. Yep. I yeah. think. I actually had uh, car trouble coming up. I took my <laughs> wife's uh, Pathfinder and I was just rolling up into Nashville and uh, had problem with the, the coal and I guess was only running, you know, off of five cylinders. And so I had actually put it in overdrive just to get to where we were. Like <laughs> I was in basically fourth gear instead of, uh, instead of fifth or whatever. And um, so I'm rolling down the interstate, and all of a sudden I get past, um, you know, I'm going 70, you know, which is pretty decent speed. I mean, I mean that's the speed limit, so yeah. you probably shouldn't announce if you're going faster than that. Yeah, I was, you know? I was going 70, but uh, this <laughs> this old Astro van comes flying past me. It's like a 1990s Astro van. With a I back thought you were going to say something else. Back window's out of it, and it's got duct tape on it, and he passes me going like 95, 100 miles an hour, no lie, in an Astro van. And then I'm just sitting here like watching him, and then all of a sudden, I'm in the right hand, okay? Right-hand lane. There's only two lanes. So I thought, no, there's a third lane called the emergency lane, and this chick passes me going like 80 miles an hour, in the emergency lane, okay, in a little Saturn. All right, whips across in front of me, and, you know, I'm I'm pretty close to an 18-wheeler. There's only, like, two car links, all right? She whips in between us. I guess she thought somebody was going too slow in the fast lane, whips over between them, and then chases the Astro van. I don't, I don't know if it's <laughs> a drug deal, you know, going wrong or what, but, I mean, she was after that joker. Old domestic so, dispute. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, just coming out of Nashville. And so you called me. Um, so that morning, I'm going to back up just a little bit. That morning was my first time to actually get to sit in the tree. And I didn't see any deer that morning other than when I got down out of the tree. I saw like <laughs> eight or ten deer huh. that morning. Like as I was walking back, I saw a deer. There were deer running all over the place. I was just in the wrong spot, I guess. Um, but I dropped my release, brand new, freaking $235 release out of the tree. Um, I, I, I got up in the tree about 5.30. I dropped it at about 6.15. So, and I was in a climber, so I wasn't going to, I didn't want to climb back down and get it. So I just was like, well, I'll just shoot with my fingers. <laughs> that wasn't a big deal, right? Like, that's not a big deal. You know, it's if that was the only thing that happened for the trip, no big deal. Oh, right? you'd be doing good. Yeah, I'd be doing good. That'd be fine. Um, so I, I do all that. I'm tired by the time I get done. I see all these deer running all over the place after I get down out of the tree. <laughs> and I paddle back, get back to the boat ramp. Michael calls me. Hey, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> I don't know if my car is going to make it. <laughs> I was like, 
Oh, crap. Okay, well, I guess I'll come and get you if I have to. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you put that on the Instagram story or something like that. You're like, I may not be hunting tonight. I may have to go pick my ones <laughs> off the side of the road. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. And um, luckily, I mean, you were about, what, two hours out when that happened? Yeah. And I just kept waiting on the phone call like, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm on the side of the road. <laughs> but it never happened. I, I ended up uh, dumping footage and editing a little bit that afternoon. And then you you pulled up. Yeah, finally rolled up after, you know, my 13-hour shift at the hospital and then <laughs> drive Ooh. all the way to Kentucky after I pack up. And so it it made for a really really long day. But uh that that night ended up being pretty good yeah, for us. There yeah. was a lot of stuff so that happened that night. I actually headed into an area that I'd seen before um or actually had hunted in the general area last year when I went for those few days by myself and uh and there's this it's all it is is a really big thicket and i knew all the food was you know further down the ridge line so what i did is try to intercept what i assumed the deer were going to do is cross over this hill and and head to this food so i set up on basically i had three nice trails in one you know little area and i covered two of them but unfortunately the third one was actually the one that he took um and it was you know what maybe like a little six point yeah he wasn't huge but he was decent i mean especially being there the first you know first hour of the hunt you know i was like oh this is how it's going to be you know i'm just going to be on bucks the whole time i'm here yeah Yeah, (laughs) not so much (laughs) so that was my first night you know i had high hopes and uh and then i you know i guess that was it for day one Um, for you yeah day one that evening for me was the I mean, that was, oh, yeah. that, that was, was it. Is that the one when you, uh, yeah, well, missed? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the highlight of the day for me. So a guy named, I think his name was John, um, came up to our cabin from, uh, they were, him and his group were from Louisiana. This is right before we, right before we left, uh, to hunt. It was like right after you got there. Yeah. He comes up to the cabin and is like, "Hey," uh, with a with a Cajun accent, accent, obviously he had a thick Cajun accent. I love those accents. Yeah. He's a super nice guy. And uh, he came up to the cabin. He's like, "Hey, I recognize the Hummer and the and the kayak. Are you you the guys that make the videos?" And we we're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> he said, "Well, I watched your video from yesterday, and I heard you talking about this and that. It sounded like you were in a similar area from the one I've been hunting. Uh, I was going to see if it, I was going to pull up the map and see if it's the same area. So it ended up being pretty close. I mean, it wasn't the exact same spot, but it was pretty close to the area. And the reason he knew there was a bunch of dove hunters out there." on a dove field and I was talking about in the video the dove the dove the shotgun blasts and stuff trying to use that to an advantage if they were pushing deer out which apparently deer didn't give a crap <laughs> about <laughs> anything out there um so so we ended up kind of communicating back and forth that night about where I was going to go and where he was going to go sit and uh and so we didn't we didn't uh you know run into each other after that it was it was cool a cool moment though, like when people come up to you from Louisiana, it's like, "Hey, you the guys that do the videos?" So I think I think we were both pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Um, but that evening, I was like I said, I was trying to get away from those shotgun blasts, like get to an area where I thought the deer would maybe escape to, because the dove hunters were in in these areas. Well, I get there, I kayak to this spot, and I walk. I don't know, maybe fifty yards into the woods, and I jump two deer, two bucks. And one of them, you, I think in the video, you can tell by my reaction, he was a giant. He was a he was the biggest deer I saw the whole trip. 
And, um, I mean, I just, they were bedding, those deer were just bedding right off the, the bean fields, like yeah. a couple, maybe 10 yards off the bean fields. They were hardly moving at all other than from 10 yards inside the woods or in the CRP into the bean fields. And even some of them were bedding down in the bean fields. Like they would they just get up. I mean, that's like where they live during that time of year. It's so crazy. Well, and we didn't talk about it. Well, we may have talked about it during the trip, but I told you to go to, you know, a certain section later in the week and I got hot because I told you, I was like, you know, do you mean to try to bump something to you, you know, just in case like going into my area and, uh, you never did reply. Well, I got hot, you know, standing out there baking in the sun. I sat down next to the beans and when I sat down, it was cool air. Dude, I laid down basically in the beans to get out of the sun and it was like you dropped like 20 or 30 degrees. Like it was so cool. Like oh, the moisture, awesome. like, so now I know exactly why those deer are bedding in those beans. Cause yeah. I mean, it was so cool. That makes That's, a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. And, and we'll get into that as we get further into the week. But so I jumped these two bucks and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to set up here. So I pretty much just set up right there. I walked not very much further set up right there. Um, I got set up right, you know, a few minutes, maybe an hour before dark. I had a, I saw a deer run to my, like to my left. It was, it was over to my left, basically right in my shooting lane, a little bit far out though. And it just ran through there. And then I see a couple more deer and there's just, these does are just running back and forth. And I was kind of on this finger of woods in between a CRP field and a bean field. And, um, and they were just running back and forth. That's all they were doing, just going back and forth. And they wouldn't slow down. It was really strange. And um, so then right at dark, a buck in the CRP field behind me, he just comes crashing through it. And you could just hear him just <laughs> like it was loud. And I looked over and I could see him and I could see his horns. I don't know if he was the same buck as the one that um, that I ended up missing later. But um, it, it very easily could have been the same deer. But... Uh, so I'm, I get there, those, do, those does start coming towards me. I was about to bust one. This was like right at dark. The does start coming towards me. I hear the footsteps and I can kind of see one, um, not real well, but I can kind of, I can kind of make it out. They're coming down the trail right towards me. And so I get the camera ready, get it right on the shooting lane. I can hear the footsteps, um, get it right on that shooting lane and I'm getting ready. I'm in full draw or not in full draw, but getting ready to draw. And... <laughs> Like, I'm getting ready, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I don't even know where this joker comes from, this buck just shows up, like, 10 yards right underneath my tree. And he, I mean, he, he wasn't, like, the biggest deer in the world, but he was a good deer. He was a good buck. And, like, so I'm, like, kind of flustered a little bit, because I'm, like, I move really quickly right when I see him, because he's, like, he's so close. I move really quickly, and when I do that, he he, like, looks up at me and he kind of starts walking off. So I draw back and I think I've got a hole and I shoot and it hits a branch and deflects off. And if you watch the video, it's so, it's funny when you watch the video because there's a deer in the shot in the frame when the, that doe is in the frame. And you complete different direction. Yeah. And you can see me, you can see me draw back yeah. and then you can see me like switch directions really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the, the buck's never in the shot, but you can hear the, you can hear it deflect off the branch, and you can hear the buck run off. Obviously, mm. and that was that was night one for me. So I was like, I was 
kind of upset. Yeah, how did that feel? So you're in another state. You've been planning <laughs> this trip forever. You're filming. You're trying to get stuff on film. How did that feel missing that deer? Um, I would have rather missed it than hit it bad. Yeah, that's you know good. what I'm saying. That's good. Oh yeah. Like when I when I got to the when I got to the arrow and saw that I missed it completely because it was getting close to dark. It wasn't too dark, you know, but. Um, it, a lot when stuff happens that quickly, you just it's tough to tell what what's going on. Do you think if filming played any part into it, like if yes. you didn't have the camera equipment, if you wasn't focused on filming, do you think you would have noticed that deer come in? Yes, because so when, Greg, when I heard so, so Greg was right, Greg Godfrey was correct <laughs> in what he said when he said, "If you're thinking about starting to film, don't don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it." Um, but to his other point, like. It's so much fun. It's it's a fun new challenge, man. Uh, and the reason I say that I would have, I think it affected that shot, is because I was adjusting the camera because I knew there was a deer coming. I was adjusting the camera instead of being aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I think if I would have been aware of my surroundings and been focused on that spot, I would have had to have caught some kind of movement from that buck coming in. Like, it's very rare that a buck just appears out of nowhere. 10 yards underneath you you know i mean it was thick in the area i was in but that was i mean he was close man like i should have known he was there and i think if i would have been more concentrated on him than or on just your surroundings on, on the surroundings i think i would have killed him right because gotcha. if i would have known he was right there i could have come to full draw before he ever even hit sure. the clearing you know mm-hmm. um so yes I, I think it had everything to do with that honestly um but it is what it is. You know, I, I got a shot opportunity. I got probably the best shot shot opportunity out of, well, Jason's was pretty, pretty perfect. His, yeah. was, his was a pretty good, pretty good story. But, um, you know, as far as like the, the setup, the, the place I was at, it was, it was a good spot. And so that was night, that was night one. Um, a little bit disappointing encouraging to know that there's deer i mean this is all public land you know we scouted it i didn't scout these areas though this is all map scouting and uh yeah i think you had been into the area that you were in before yeah yeah i I noticed the deer coming out it was does and then a little bachelor small like when i say small real real young bachelor group and that was the year before they came out of that area so evidently they're still still using it. Maybe mm-hmm. not, you know, as many bucks. Um, yeah, they had the fields planted a little bit differently this year. So yeah, maybe they had a little bit to do with it. So I mean, we were. I think both of us were pretty encouraged after night one, even though I missed a deer. Mm-hmm. I, you can see in the video, I had every opportunity after I missed that buck to shoot one of those does. Right, and I just didn't do it. You know, I mean, I get. I just wanted to get the good footage of them and. And just let it be, let it be done. Let the night be over. Yeah. You know, yeah. but because we were encouraged, I think you saw that buck. I saw that, I saw three bucks that night. Um, and then uh, however many does were there, I couldn't really tell, but um, it was good. That's got to feel good going to another state, man, and and actually seeing deer because you hear so many stories of like, yeah, we drove to Colorado and hunted for six days and saw one deer or something like that. You yeah. Know? And so that's cool that you got Yeah, on. it. It was awesome. I think uh, the rest of the week, not the not the whole rest of the week, but the next couple of days were really slow. So day two, um, which was, I guess, actually day three. We'll just call it day three. Yeah. 
day three, um, I went to where did I hunt the morning of day three? I hunted back in that same that same little area, and uh, I didn't see a deer. So, so it, that, that's it. Is that when you left the GoPro? No. That was the day that you had the, the does and yeah, the spike come yes, up on you. Yeah, that's okay. what I was just now thinking of. Uh, so I went in to, uh, to an area. It looked like perfect bedding, you know, according to the topography lines. And I thought it was going to be an excellent setup. I got in there, and what happened is, is you've got the river, and then you've got fields on top, and basically the terrain funneled these deer either they're going to have to drop low and go by the you know the creek or either they were going to come by this one spot um so i had a really good feeling so i get in there i'm trying to you know make my way through like a a thicket there's about 10 yards worth of thicket between the top where the fields are and then where the woods are so as soon as i come into it i found you know a nice bed and then a shed a nice shed you know it had been a nice little eight point uh right in you know, the bed. And so I basically cut out of there cause I had limited, you know, you know, sight distance in that one spot because of the thicket. So what I chose to do is go about 50 yards further, I guess, to my West and, uh, and set up. And I was set up right up against a, a basically a couple of blowdowns and then like an old tree, you know, is real wide and offered me a pretty good bit of cover. And it would have been about a 25 yard shot down, to where the main trail was running along the ridge what i noticed when i first got in there is it looked like there may have been a trail that came off the top of the hill and dropped down to where that main trail was but my back was to it so um you know i really couldn't tell when i first went in if it really was a trail or not turns out it was definitely a trail because those deer came in i don't know i guess about nine o'clock that morning (laughs) and uh, i thought i heard something behind me and i turned around to look and I knew it was, I, I just had this feeling like, you know, that's definitely a deer. So what I did is I had my bow and I came up with my tactic cam because that was going to be my main filming in this spot because I couldn't find a tree to really attach my camera to. So I had it going and I rose, rose up and I could see it over this tree and all of a sudden I just see deer blowing out and there's three deer. Uh, ended up being like a little spike. I think his was only like four or five inches long and then two does with him. So I could have, uh, pegged one of the, the does. I actually drew back on her. Um, but then like she ended up moving in behind some, some brush. And so then I come around and here's the spike. And I mean, I could have shot him definitely all day long. Um, but I was like, I'm not wasting my buck tag on a spike. So <laughs> there's no way <laughs> we're on, we're all on hunt number two. I was like, there's, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> you don't yeah. come to Kentucky to, to shoot something small, which I did end up shooting something, something I would have definitely passed up, you know, normally. Um, I guess we'll get to that later. But, um, so that was my morning, uh, uh, morning hunt, you know, I had three, three deer come in. Ended up finding out, I uh, heard somebody on the boat uh, come up the river there, and evidently somebody got on the boat, and they were only a few hundred yards from me, so I'm not sure where they were hunting, but uh, so that may be why I didn't see anything come in from that area this, that morning. So it was, uh, it was pretty, you know, you would think a lot of people would be using water access out there. There really wasn't. There was that one boat, and then me, like, yeah, and they were coming in from the Ohio, 
but the ramp the ramp that I was that I was close to, I was the only truck in there every single time. I was going to ask you how the pressure was. I mean, was there a ton of guys out or I or didn't what? think the pressure was that bad. <laughs> there it wasn't terrible. I think in most of your typical spots there probably would have been somebody hunting it every every weekend or every evening. Um you know, probably in most of the fields there was somebody around the area. But I'll say this, like this is one of the things that me and Michael I think both learned out here. If you're going to plan an out of state trip to a state like Kentucky, um just basically states with high deer numbers, high deer density, don't overthink it. Don't overthink your hunting spots. If deer are on fields, if, if they're on food in the early season, which they are, hunt, hunt them. Hunt yeah. them there. Field edges. I mean, we would never hunt a field edge down here. Never. Yeah. not. I mean, in, I mean yeah. the deer are not going to come to a field edge until after dark. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you might see something like that you know in the summertime but once specifically on public land though too yeah. like on private land you'll you'll kill sure. deer on field edges but sure. on but public land you're typically no. not going to do it's not going to no. happen no and so we got up there and i mean that's where we were seeing the deer at they were they were coming out to the fields bedding in the fields so i mean that's where we should have focused on we shouldn't have over you know, I think we overthinked it or overthought it. However, <laughs> we done overthunked it. <laughs> we overthunked it. Uh, but, but basically, I mean, we were trying to get to these areas where, you know, we would have been hunting here. You know, there's just I, lots I of bedding, bedding points. And like, I went and hunted a saddle that looked freaking awesome on the map. Yep. Didn't see a deer. You know, I mean, there was a lot of situations. But what we both figured out is, I mean, hunt hunt the spots. I, the pressure really isn't mattering that much. I literally watched dove hunters, or I, I couldn't really see the dove hunters. I knew what field they were in um, that night. So that that night too was really a, kind of a it was kind of a, a observation sit because I was looking at a, a field on the bean field way across. This was the night that I missed that buck. Um, I was look. I was able to see a, a bean field where I thought maybe the deer were using, and they were. And I just wanted to see where they were coming out at over there. Well, I I knew there were dove hunters not far away from them, and those deer were walking towards them. Like, they were walking towards the dove hunters. And, I mean, there's shotgun blasts going off like crazy, and the deer just walking that direction. Right. So, you know, I think we overthought a lot of the a lot of the spots that we hunted. Those next days, three and four and five, well, until evening number five, days three and four in the in morning five we really overthought everything like we were trying to get yeah. away from pressure not hunt where people have been hunting hunt you know thick thickets yeah i'm trying to get away my game plan going into this was basically get far enough away from the fields and your typical you know hill country type bedding and hunt those spots thinking that the deer might be getting there just a little bit later since it's so far away I don't think they were ever leaving the general area of the food. I don't. I don't think they were ever up in you know in the hills for the most part, unless it was right next to the food. Um, so that's where I messed up. What I think I should have done better. When you got on bucks, why did why, why did, did we freaking move, bro? Why did we not focus on those areas? <laughs> like, I mean, from the sound of it they were still for the most part in bachelor groups. So if I'm not seeing, 
you know, if, if, if you're on deer, why were we not doubling up in those areas and, and, you know, focusing all of our energy in those areas? Well, I think a lot of it's just, just like training your mind because here in Alabama, if, if me and you were to go into an area or if I were to go into an area and blow two big deer out, miss another deer and spook him off. And then while four other does were around, we probably would give that area a rest. Well, for one, after that, I think we're used to coming in in October, middle of October. You may, you can find some bachelor groups, but yeah. you know, some of these bachelor groups may, you know, they may, you know, already be breaking up. But I'm saying um, like that much action in one area is going to blow a spot out yeah. here. You yeah. know, I mean, I think they're a lot more tolerant of. Yes, the pressure because of the food. They where they you would ended rather up have that food than to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and deal with the pressure, you know, than do what they do here, which is you know I can go find the same food because there's no ag, you know, like I can find a, a white oak tree. Yeah, you know, yeah. so 150, 200 yards away, and I don't have to come by this spot anymore. So this that's one of the things we learned. Yeah. I mean, I, I took that away for next time we go up there. Just because you blow deer out of the area in high deer density areas, there's going to be more deer. They're there for a reason, and um, and so that was uh, what were we were we on day three? Yeah, mm-hmm. day day three, the evening of day three. Where did you hunt that evening? That's what I'm trying to think. Oh, that was when Jason killed that buck. So was it on day three? Yeah, that was day three. Really? Yeah. Okay. So day three, basically, I decided to change things up. Uh, and decided to go hunt a bean field or near a bean field. And uh, I, I drove up to this one area. I was actually driving to another area. And when we scouted there in July, this field was did not have soybeans in it. Like, it, it just didn't when we drove by there in July. When I drove by there this time, evidently it was a late plant. And these soybeans were only about maybe a foot tall. And so I was like, holy cow, I was like, this was not here. I didn't plan on this, you know, from our early season scout or early summer. So what I did is I put it in reverse, went back to this uh, spot, and I was like, I've got two draws right here. And typically what I've seen in the past is deer like to come to these draws. That way when the thermals have started falling, they can basically smell anything that's, you know, in the field by going to these draws because it's all, all that sense funneled down to one area. You know, if they don't have a side advantage, like there's not like a, a hilltop or something close by, which I found the does, they went, they, I guess, preferred to go to, you know, where they could see further. Um, there being multiple does, you know, maybe that makes more sense to them. But for those bucks, you know, I, I figured one of these two draws. So I'm actually looking on the map and I thought I was going to this one draw and evidently I'd already gone past the draw. And I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and go on to the next one. And so I went over there, ended up finding a deer bedded actually in that draw in some timber and was in the middle of filming it and trying to get a shot. Uh, I thought it was a doe. I really couldn't tell, though. So um, in the middle of that, I see this guy walking over there towards me. <laughs> and I'm like, what's crap? So he walks over and he asks, uh, you know, what my plans were. I was like, well, I was going to hunt this draw and <laughs> you couldn't see me. At, you couldn't see me at full draw just now. Yeah. Like I was, I was going to hunt this draw and, um, I was like, what, what are you doing? Where are you coming from? Cause you know, there was a road, you know, like a, 
you know, ridge or two over, you know, that he could have parked at. And I was like, you know, did, were you over there hunting? He said, yeah. He said, me and a buddy have been over there hunting, I guess. And uh, he said, but I wasn't seeing anything. He said, I thought I might ease on over here to the other draw that I had just passed, you know, where I was contemplating on which one to go to. And uh, I was like, well, I was like, you know, you can go over there if you want to. I mean, but I'll probably just go to a different area because, you know, he's hunted this one. He was going to hunt the other one. I was like, you know, that's where I thought you know, the deer might come from. So anyways, so he, he says he'll go to a different spot. We're going to meet up later and we're going to talk about what we saw. So I went ahead and hunted this area. I'm coming out. I hadn't seen anything. Well, I did find a really nice bed with next to a natural spring and it would have been a good crossing for these deer to come up into this bean field. And, uh, I didn't see anything though. Uh, so I'm coming out and, uh, it's, it's pretty dark. You know, I can see three does in the field and I go ahead and pass them and I can see a big body out there a little further than them in that dip where I was talking about hunting initially or thinking about hunting where that other guy, his name was Josh, uh, where Josh was thinking Josh about Josh had to. a tethered sticker on his, on his, uh, truck. Uh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. So anyway, so Josh, uh, he ended up, I thought it was him. So I'm walking over there and you know, you can just tell by the way the the person standing out once i realized it wasn't a buck i could tell by the way they were standing like they were just almost like confused or dazed like they're just kind of standing there like what to do now and so i i thought it was josh and i was like well maybe he went there and hunted anyways i was like hey man i was like did you kill anything and you just saw this pause and the person didn't say anything for a second i get a little bit closer i realized it's jason the guy that is is <laughs> staying, staying with us, us. so so Jason is, uh, he, he's standing there. I was like, did you get him? Like, I could just tell, like the, the way he was standing, I was like, you know, this, you know, he shot something. He's like, yeah. So this happened really quick. He said, I was, uh, I came in here hunting on the ground like you. And, uh, cause he'd been hunting and lugging around like his, <laughs> so he would be, so he'd been hunting another WMA close by and had came over there and uh and was going to try where we were hunting at and uh i guess he got tired of lugging around the heavy stands and stuff going through all this brush so he's going to set up on a bean field and he, I, I guess he decided to hunt on the ground like i'd been hunting and uh so he goes over there and we didn't even set, know that he was going he actually sets up in the same draw i was going to uh, set up in initially hunting <laughs> on the ground and so he says, yeah, he said this huge buck came out of the timber, runs down uh, this bean field to this little low spot, jumps in the woods, thrashes around for like, I don't know, a little bit, and then comes back up out of the woods. And he said, I shot him at like 30 yards walking. And I was like, are you kidding me? He said, no, he's a, he's a nice deer. So I get over there and we start <laughs> tracking this uh, deer. Like we find his arrow and then we get on good blood. All right. Well, the deer ran towards where my car was parked. He had no idea uh, that I was even there. I had no idea that he was there. We start uh, trailing this deer. The deer ends up being like 75 yards away from the road and where I parked at. He came in from the opposite direction, <laughs> looking at all of these different areas, and we end up in the same exact spot. Except you can see it. It's funny when they recover the deer in the video. You can see the reflector of Mike's vehicle. Yeah, yeah I think y'all say something. You can about see it the sign. Like you can see the parking sign. And you see Mike's reflector. It looks like yeah. he's. I mean, like right there. You. Can, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. right there. Yeah. It's awesome. 
So, so you knew, but if you were down in that little dip, you could not see anything from the road. So that, so that buck could have fed there for a, you know, for a long time and never been disturbed or never been seen or anything like that. So it was a good location, a really great location actually. Uh, so we get up there to the deer. Deer is huge, in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's a good deer. Nice. It's a good deer, man. He's, he's like it's a ten point, right? Uh, it was went, a nine. Officially, he ended up being a nine-pointer because the, the little sticker wasn't an inch long. But uh, okay, it, okay. It was probably three-quarters of an inch, though. And so it had... He's like a mainframe 18, six. 18 three-quarters inch inside spread. Yeah, it, lo- it looked wide. Was was it inside? Yeah, it yeah. was inside. Yeah. And he ended up... I mean, he's really only a mainframe six-point. Dude, G2s were like eight, ten inches. Oh, yeah. it was like nine and ten inches, wasn't it? Yeah, they were big. Awesome. He was a good yeah. deer. So the coolest thing about it, though, he had like a foot of velvet hanging off of yeah, I remember that. like yeah, off of the base because and that's what he was doing in there, thrashing around, was just getting trying to get all that velvet off. Right. Um. So that was cool. That was it. Was cool. That's, that's that awesome. was neat, like, man. I got the, out of the, the woods. Whole way and, that whole thing played out. It was yeah. It was super cool on public land. You know, you don't imagine. Like I got out of the woods that dark and I kayak. I mean, that takes a little more time than walking out, but I mean, it's not just a ton more time. And, uh, I get a text message from Michael and Michael says, Jason shot a good one. And I was like, Oh, cool. You know, like, let's go track this joker. Mm-hmm. So I was getting ready to go and I don't do that. So I called Jason. I was like, dude, you get one. He said, yeah, man. I said, Oh, awesome. I said, uh, I said, what are you doing? I, I said, do, you, do we need to go track it? He said, no, it's already in Michael's car. <laughs> already headed back to the cabin. I was like, what? Dude, How's I that happen? <laughs> I mean, the deer laid out such a good trail, a blood trail, and then the deer was, no lie, 75 yards. So it took like a whole five minutes to get him there and get him on the car. <laughs> that's crazy, man. So That's, that's some crazy. private land stuff right there, yeah, isn't seriously. it? Yeah, seriously. It's Greenfield so, mess. Yeah. But me, me and uh, Josh both were like thinking – you know, God, you know, he just killed this big buck in the same spot that we were all, <laughs> we just we were, passed all up. three of us evidently were thinking the same exact thing because, you know. So did, did Jason get there after? Yeah. So Jason came in from the opposite direction. <laughs> like there was two ways to access this part and he actually parked at a different spot and then walked in. He's about four or 500 yards away though, wasn't he? F- from where I hunted or from his from where vehicle? He, from where he hunted. I was, yeah, I was probably, I would say three, 300 yards from, I mean, it was, all it was, was one spine over, one spine of a ridge over. We were hunting both sides. I was hunting one side and he was basically hunting the other. <laughs> I mean, we were that close. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so here's an important lesson. Okay. This is the important lesson that I, that came out of this day for me. I didn't see him deer that night. I had one walk behind <laughs> me and some thick stuff, but I couldn't, I never got laid eyes on it. Yeah. Um, I, I I felt like I hunted very smart that that evening. I was hunting uh, the the strip of woods where I had seen those deer go out into the green into the uh, soybeans that night before that I was I had uh, observed. So I thought I was hunting a really good spot. I, a deer blew out in the beans at me, probably winded me, and then I had another deer walking behind me, but I never saw it. Um, so that that was kind of my night. But the important thing that we learned out of this was Jason, he goes in to, he'd been hunting a completely different WMA the whole time, walks into the WMA we were hunting one night, goes 
I mean, what, 100 yards off the road and kills a good deer. Mm. Like, that's when we should have learned. That's when we should have put it together. Hey, why don't we just hunt beans? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Keep like, it simple. Keep it simple out there. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And and sadly, well, we did In the evenings, we typically were. We, from that point, we, we got. We did. After that point, well, no, that's not true. You did. Um, day day four was the next day. Congratulations, Jason! If you listen yeah, to this, we was, were pumped up. Yeah, that was a stud buck. That was a great. That was a great one. That was a good at a good point in the videos to have a, a deer get killed, a blood trail, and all another that thing stuff. too. You know, one spine, one spine over. Yeah, I didn't see any deer. I come one spine over. He saw. Well, I saw three does that he didn't see that were right next to him. And then he shot that big buck. Four deer right there within 100 yards, you know, one spine over. That could make or break, I mean, your whole <laughs> yeah. your whole hunt. You know, you, you might think that there was no deer there. And then you've got four one deer spine over, you just got 100 a, yards away. A great looking buck. Four Dude, does. I've always thought, how many times has that 200-inch buck Walked past me, just barely outside. Right. <laughs> yeah. I heard something and thought, man, that sure does sound like a deer. Probably big old 200. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a lot in Alabama. Probably hadn't happened at all. <laughs> no, yeah. you're probably right. Yeah, like that bu- never happened to you. Corn. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of spikes and six points. <laughs> um, so day, what day are we on? Number four? Yeah, because that was day three. So we had a great day three. We, we all went to bed. Well, I didn't go to bed that night, but <laughs> not really, like for like an hour and a half. <laughs> um, the next, the next morning, mornings typically we don't even have to talk about mornings because they weren't good. Yeah, ever they were they complete were, washes. Yeah, they like, were pretty much were never good. I can tell you this in the in the in the hills that the, the deer just weren't there. Mm-hmm. There there weren't any deer. I didn't bust any deer out. I had that one fawn. And that, yeah. and that was it. So what do you attribute that to? You think you you guys were just set up in the wrong spot? I just, th- just, I just overthinking. I don't think they were moving. I don't much. think they were going into the big blocks of timber, most likely, until yeah. later in the season. I think they were gotcha. all in that thick cover, you know. Yeah. Close to those fields. And they just weren't moving far away from those. I yeah. agree. I, I think we I think that's the mornings are where we really overthought a lot, you know. Um, it didn't matter as much because the deer probably weren't still not, they were already bedded down, you know, for the most part. Yeah. It was getting hot. It got, and it we, was hot. And we knew that it was going to be early season, your mornings, you're just not going to have a whole lot of luck. And yeah. we, we, I mean, we knew that. Yeah. So, so day four is when, when Michael had this really cool idea of dragging the baby kayak down. Um, so we, it was about a half mile walk hike down in there and we took my, it's actually my wife's kayak. It's a little eight foot, like cheap under a hundred dollar kayak. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, man, the, this spot looks really good. We looked at it on the map. It did look awesome. Everything that it w- was These saying. These back was, fields were planted in soybeans. Mm-hmm. So like there's soybeans everywhere and there's this probably what, 20 or 20, 30, maybe even be 50 acres worth of thicket. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the thicket on either side, on both sides yeah. of that little creek. There's a there. I mean, and dude, so let me let me start let me start from the beginning. It starts raining on us. We're like, do we really want to do this? Yes, we do really want to do this. We're we need to do it. Whatever. Um, now that night, I will say this: it's not Michael's fault. I'm not going to blame it on Michael. But that night, you remember, I said I want to go back to where I missed that buck. 
That that was my plan. I was planning on going back to that spot where I missed that buck. And then I was editing video and Michael's like, I got an idea. He was sitting there looking at Matt's. I got this great idea, but it's going to be a little bit difficult. And you're going to have to, we're going to have to leave right now. You're going to have to stop editing. And at this point we got behind on videos. That's the point where it's all my fault guys. It was like, we're not going to do videos. So the idea was to go and hunt basically a Creek crossing in between these two thickets and this block of timber in this Creek in between these two thickets on the edge this of some creek led up bean fields. into one of the bean fields. And you couldn't access it. Um, the winds, the wind wouldn't let you access it from any other direction. Right. I mean, you had to come from it from the water, but from the boat ramp, it was a good, I mean, four, three or four mile paddle. Yeah. You weren't going to do it easily. Uh, the easiest way to do it was to drag this little kayak down. And then I'd have it like, it was probably half a mile. About a half paddle. a mile walk. Um, right. About a half a mile Half walk. a mile walk from the parking area. And we put this kayak on top of the deer cart. Yeah, I had the Hulk uh, deer crawler, whatever they... I, think I don't that's know what it's called. called. Deer crawler. it is. But Anyways. it worked. I mean, it worked. It was nice. Yeah. It, it wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. It was... I mean, it was weighted perfectly. And I mean, it was probably an easy yeah. pull. Now, what we didn't anticipate, what we remembered from scouting was the the ridge going down into the river wasn't too steep and when i got there it was like holy crap this is pretty steep it was a drop and michael had already split off and went off to his spot <laughs> and uh and so i did it wasn't that hard putting it down there getting it down it wasn't that hard i went in there uh same story as almost the night before i had a deer walk in like right behind me um but i never got eyes on it it was like it was kind of behind me it looked like it was going to come out to my right is what it sounded like, and it was it was those footsteps that you're like, that's a deer, mm-hmm. you know. It was it was an it was obviously a deer. There was deer sign everywhere. And probably the most sign I saw the whole trip was in that in that creek on that crossing. They just it it just didn't work out. That you know, for whatever reason, didn't work out. You saw some deer that night. Oh, I saw a ton of deer. Uh, I mean, no deer in the woods where I was at. They were all evidently you know on the field edges. I come up out of the woods that I was in, you know, close to dark. And I actually put a stalk on a little buck and a few does, um, and got up pretty close. And then they busted off. They were a little bit closer than I thought. Once I come up over this little hill, like, and they were on the other side, I was keeping that in between me and them. And when I come up over the top of it, I didn't see, you know, all you got is little heads, you know, sticking up out of the soybeans. And, you know, I just didn't see them looking at me and, I got busted. Then I'll walk on over to another spot and I see more, more deer and soybeans. So they're, you know, <laughs> they were there. They're just not in the woods yeah. in that section where I was at. And did we learn our lesson? No, we didn't. The next day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> truthfully, I mean, that's kind of a true statement. Um, so, so that night I ended up not bringing the kayak out because it was, so <laughs> this guy, I, he wasn't that far away from me. I thought, you know, Michael's going to come and help me get this thing up out of this bottom. Because, <laughs> I mean, where we actually split off was like 100 yards of a of a walk. It wasn't far. So I only called this guy and texted him like 100,000 times. And I was like, well, I was like, I don't even know if his phone's working. So I, had no I won't know if there. he's at the vehicle. Okay. I don't know. If Dead it, in the swamp. I don't know if I'm supposed to be waiting on him. What if he's already out there at the vehicle and I'm sitting here for an hour and then we're both like, what the crap, man? And so... <laughs> I went ahead. I didn't see him there, and I walked. <laughs> I walked, you know, and and all the way to this, you know, where we 
left off at and he wasn't there. So I texted him, no reply. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just head back to the car. Well, I get back to the car and he's not there. Well, like 45 minutes later, <laughs> like I, I finally, I think I got a text message from you. and I called you. Yeah. And, and asked where you were. Yeah. I was like, well, dude, I'm back at the car. And uh, he's like, okay, well, he said, I'll be there in a little bit. Well, I'm thinking, you know, he's already got everything strapped up. He's going to be coming with a cart. Yeah. No. I had just. Dude just walks back without the cart. No, I, I told you on the phone. I told you. I was like, I was like, hey, I'm just going to leave this down here since you're already, you're already up there. I mean, that drop off was for real. I, I couldn't have got it up by myself. Well, you you see it on the video. Yeah, later. you see it on the yeah. on the last video, yeah. the last day's video. There was no way, like I could yeah. not have gotten it up there by myself. <laughs> um, so like, so like another thirty minutes goes by, and then Parker finally gets there, and we head off, and that was that was the end of that night. Yeah, um, kind of, until my first ground hunting experience also became seed tick infestation. <laughs> Oh, um, boy. That was when the seed ticks got me. So at and this point, are you guys, do y'all have bug bites all over your body already? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. I, I hadn't did. hardly got into any ticks. Yet, I did. Because I'd been hunting the trees. Gotcha. You know? I'd pre-treated most of my clothes. Well, I had one pair of pants that I didn't pre-treat. Mm. I ended up wearing those and not thinking about it until I'm walking across the soybean field. The night that me and Jason saw the buck, or he shot, he shot the buck, I was covered like a hundred uh, seed ticks. Y'all, uh, y'all both were, I, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, guys, I hadn't got any ticks." Yeah, <laughs> most not. Like but it. I, I hadn't hunted on the ground either. So, um, so that night, I had ticks, dude. It was. I mean, I was tired too, man. Like I was, I was by that point, <laughs> man. I was wore out. At dude. this point, how much do you think you've actually slept since you left on Sunday? Six hours. Oh my god! <laughs> and this is on what Thursday? Because I hadn't, I, I hadn't gotten any sleep. Like, like at that point, I was still editing every chance I got to put out a video. I hadn't taken any naps. That was on Wednesday night. That Wednesday was Wednesday. Night. Yeah. So between Wednesday and Sunday, I was I was about six hours. And and the lone wolf hand climber, you're, there's no sleeping in that. Like you're not gonna fall asleep in that thing <laughs> for real. So no naps. Yeah. No no tree stand naps for oh, me. Oh man. Um. And and then editing and then sleeping and we're getting up at four thirty. Uh, I got up at four a couple nights I think, um, or a couple, a couple mornings I guess you could call them. <laughs> so uh, then the next so that night, dude, I could feel. There's places on a man's body where you can feel when a tick bites you. Mm-hmm. A lot of places you can't. There are certain areas you can feel their microscopic legs touching yeah. your skin. All six of them. Yeah, on certain mm-hmm. pieces that yeah. you have that <laughs> only bandages, <laughs> a lot of nerve endings. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember laying down that night <laughs> to go to sleep and feeling it. <laughs> like it was like, mm, mm, mm. And I was like, I know exactly what Got those me. are, and I'm waiting until the morning. I'm tired. <laughs> I'll pull them off later. Hey, that's tired, man. So, so that morning I wake up. Jason leaves. Jason's gone by yeah. this point. Um, uh, no, he stayed around till lunch. Not that night. Not not that day. This was the day after he 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 stayed around till lunch. The day after he killed that deer, he left right before me and you okay. went and drug that kayak trailer down. Anyway, so um, Thursday, yeah, Thursday uh, morning was a, a rough one for me. <laughs> Um, 
Thursday morning was tough. Yeah. I, I pulled off those ticks mm. that were in mm, just rough places. Did, did Mike have to help you get those ticks? No, off no, no, Mike no, didn't help me. No. Because, you don't want to. You want to know why? <laughs> Mike slept in that morning. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, had to recharge. So yeah. he was like, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep for just a little bit longer. I'm not. I'm, I kind of have an idea where I'm gonna go. He he's like, I'm gonna sleep for a little bit longer. So I go into this area, man. It looks like I hadn't been to it before. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Let me back up. I had planned on kayaking into a spot that morning. Couldn't find my trailer keys, and I had taken my kayak trailer off. Mm. of the of the vehicle the day before that and because we went because uh, i took my vehicle out that day anyway not important lost my trailer keys couldn't find them uh that was that was rough because then I'll, i had to like find a spot mm-hmm. at four thirty in the morning and when i hadn't even really even thought about it i had thought about it all night you know about where i wanted to hunt mm-hmm. couldn't find my trailer keys so that sucked by the way, I saw a picture of those trailer keys. Yeah, I found Where did them. You find I them? found them last week in my console. No, dude. So yeah. they were there the whole time. Yes. Isn't that where you said they usually are? No, no, no. I usually put them in my cup holder. Oh. I never, I never even go into my console. Like, there's very few times I actually put anything in my center console, like in the little thing where people right. put crap. Yeah. Um, they were in there. Wow. Yeah. That hurts. So, so I went. We had to go in town and buy a pair of bolt cutters and everything. Yeah, because I lock it. You know, I lock my trailer. I had to buy yeah. bolt cutters to, to break, cut the break bolt. That lock. Oh, that yep. sucks, man. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that, so that was thirty bucks on bolt cutters that I didn't want to spend. Yeah, at least um, you got a set of bolt cutters for next time you lose your keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, so I went hunting a spot that I thought on the map it looks like. Oh, there's tons of soybeans around here. It was kind of fitting the bill for if the rotations were the same as other places, this was going to be soybeans. Well, I get there, and it, dude, it's all like this native prairie grass rehabilitation program they were doing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, which wasn't necessarily bad. I, I mean, I'm sure that the deer bed down in this stuff from time to time. Yeah. But it's just hundreds of acres of this grass. And wow. so I just walked into a spot, and I hung a tree stand, and I sat there. It was terrible it was pointless i should have slept in um because there was i mean there wasn't even any deer tracks yeah he came back here. he's like man he said i should you know i should have did what you did you know just slept in <laughs> i was like yeah man i was like these mornings have been rough i was like you know but i'm hard but i hunt hard not yeah. good but hard hard but not good um <laughs> that night so well, me and michael ended up driving around that morning and that was the morning we went and we saw that they were cutting the corn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so all of this corn was standing corn. And so this is, I feel like, where we finally got a little smarter. We got smart right here <laughs> on this night. Um, we made a move, man, that was that was a pretty solid move, I think. You know, a, a rain. it started raining and stuff. Some storms came through. But they were cutting all of this corn. And we were like, okay, what the, the soybeans are getting yellow. They're cutting corn. There's corn on the ground. Now, what's the best move here? We decided, I mean, it's not going to be any worse to go and hunt over a fresh-cut cornfield. Mm-hmm. And so we made that choice. And uh, Yeah, I threw out a, like a little filler to see what everybody thought about hunting over the corn, like on the hunting beast. And most of the guys was like, dude, you know, it's a no-brainer. I was like, you know, I, I don't know coming yeah. from, you know, I don't yes. have standing corn, you know, or anything like that that gets harvested or anything. So I'm kind of clueless, so... They say, yeah, definitely hunt over the corn. So that's exactly what we did. 
And yeah, and and you, I think you bump, you like moved around a lot. Yeah, I actually went in. We actually went in with the fresh rain, or actually the rain was coming, and I saw a couple of does run out of the open field. Was when I say open field, no timber, but there's that CRP mix, whatever, and it's like three, you know, four foot tall. And they come busting up out of there into the woods and then got freaked out because the woods are wide open and kind of got freaked out and then ran back out of the woods up into um, the field where I was just getting set up. And um, and it was wide open. I mean, wide open. Like I could see 500 yards. I was like, there's no way a big bruiser buck is going to come across 500 yards worth of wide open timber, you know, to get to this cut corn. I was like, I don't know what Parker's spot looks like, but this spot that I was in was wide open. And so I leave this spot. I should have stayed around somewhere close because I was cutting it close to prime time. Well, the rain lets up. I thought it was still raining in the woods. I get out there, out into the uh, cut cornfield. It was just rain, you know, mm, dropping from, you know, dripping. all the leaves. And so it had already stopped. So I'm... <laughs> I'm late getting to this spot, so I, I get there. I'm bumping deer left and right, heading into this, uh, you know, soybean field, and you know, never should have, never should have went there. Never should have, you know, dumped the spot where we was at. Yeah, because that I night I should have been hunting on the edge. Yeah. of the corn. That night it was rough. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we made a good, solid move. Um, the rain killed my rangefinder. This was. And it, and it was rough, man. Like th- that, well, I got there. Hunting, that changes everything. Man. Yeah, yeah. I got there, got set up, ranged two spots, but I think even those ranges were wrong. I think the water just got into it and fried it because there was a spot that said 15 yards, and it looked like you know 30 yards to me. Like it looked like it was a long ways away. And, uh, and then another spot that I ranged, and it said like 37 yards, and I was like, that looks like 20 yards. Like <laughs> there's no way it's that far. Um, and then it just went out, nothing, nothing at all. So I see a coyote come out and, uh, it walks through and probably about 30 minutes after that, the rain stopped and immediately this, uh, three deer come out and it was a doe, a fawn. And I saw them first and I was like, okay, oh yeah, here we go. And, and then I see a buck with them and he's, I mean, he's not a huge buck, but he's okay. You yeah. know, he's decent. I just shot him every day. Decent seven pointer, I think. So yeah, it was. decent seven with, I mean, full velvet. Heck yeah, mm-hmm. I'd shoot that. Um, he walks out and just where they walk. I mean, you can see it in our video. This is the day, I think day five, day five video. You can watch the doe walk past and you see the buck follow right behind her, and it looks perfect. If I had a rangefinder, I had no idea how far. In my mind, I'm thinking. That's probably close to 50 yards, maybe, you know, and I'm not comfortable shooting that far. I'm I'm comfortable shooting that far. We'll say I'm, I, I can shoot that far without a range though, without a for sure range. I'm not going to take that shot. Mm-hmm. And, um, probably, I probably wouldn't take 50 yards even with a range finder, but 40, 40 yards, I take a 40 yard shot, you know, on a on at the point of the trip that we were at, I would have taken a forty yard shot, and uh, yeah, I I just I didn't shoot because I thought I'm not confident. If they would have walked out, you know, where I would have guessed would have been twenty to thirty yards, 
that's okay. I can take that. I can make that shot. You know, there's not a huge difference in the pin at 20 and 30 yards. In the there's a big difference between there's a big jump between 40 and 50 yards. So I just I would rather just not shoot a deer than spend half the night tracking a deer that I shot in the brisket. You know. I don't blame you. I think that's probably a good decision. Well, yeah, it was a great decision, followed by a poor decision when we got out of the tree that night. Um, so my rangefinder broke that night. My quiver fell out of the tree that night um, mm. while I was pulling my draw rope up. It was just all around terrible, except for I saw deer, so that was cool. <laughs> we went to Walmart that night, and I was like, there was a $100 rangefinder there. And I was like, man, nah, I'm not going to spend that. I'll just wait for 30, 20 to 30-yard 30 shots. I'll set up for those. Dude. <laughs> the worst decision of that whole trip happened at Walmart that night when I didn't buy that rangefinder. That hurts. Mm. Yeah. Bummer, right? <laughs> Whatever. Um so the next morning we wake up and Parker's like I don't know where my GoPro is. My GoPro. Oh crap, I left my GoPro at the base of the tree that I hunted out of. Mm. Wait, that was the day that you slept in. No, I went hunting. Yeah, yeah, that was the day. I, I don't remember what happened yeah, the, day, the, day the morning before. It, it all runs together. It's a little bit of a blur. But, but the mornings don't really matter. Let's not let's not even talk about mornings. <laughs> but I did that night after I saw that buck and I didn't shoot at him. Uh, I left my GoPro camera, which is my vlogging camera that I'd normally just do all of the vlogging stuff with, the talking stuff. I left it under the tree. Mm. and I left without it in the rain. <laughs> it's just a GoPro, so it's fine. But. Did you recover it? Did you get it back? So we're yeah. leaning into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is last day. We're on last day of the trip. So this is Friday, um, or is it Saturday? This is this Friday. is Friday. This Friday. is the last okay. full day that we're going to get to hunt. And okay. for both of us, it's really the last day that we're probably going to hunt, you know, mm-hmm. if we if it goes the definitely. way the other days yeah, have. Yeah, definitely, because I'm supposed to be at work Friday night. How do you use a sick day? Mm, so so I go in uh, that morning. That's the morning when I go into the CRP crap, and it was stupid. Uh, that night, though, Michael's. You were, I think, you were actually going to go somewhere else, weren't you? Or were you planning on going? You were, you were planning on going to corn. corn. I wanted to hunt corn somewhere, and there was a limited amount that was being harvested. Right, basically, just to that one area. And so and he ended up going back to go get my camera. And to go hunt, he was just going to hunt that spot. Yeah, he said it was real thick over there where he is at. I was like, well, that's where I want to be. I want to be in the thicket next to this corn. So that was my plan to go over there. And I knew exactly where the deer came out at. They were coming out on this ditch. It was awesome. I could not find a tree for a climber. So, and and at this point, I was telling Greg, like, dude, I understand why people need saddles when they get out of the south. I mean, the south, you, it's great to have them too, but man, out there. To be able to get into any tree you want to get into is very important. So I didn't want to go back there. I wanted to go back to the spot where I missed that buck. I was like, I at this point, I hadn't even been back. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Are you freaking stupid? Like, <laughs> this is the only spot where you're seeing a lot of deer. You know, you saw deer immediately there. You saw multiple bucks. Go back. Like, so I told him, I mean, as much as I wanted to go hunt that spot, the corn, I knew that my, I mean, I knew where. I needed to be at. I needed to give that spot another shot. Yeah, you had that good access with a kayak. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a kayak. It just made complete sense to do that. Yeah, and so 
Um, well, I'll tell mine first, and then you can tell yours, okay. and we'll kind of end with that. Um, so I go into this spot, same spot, walk in. As soon as I get in, uh, it had rained that afternoon right before we got in the tree. So it's about – we got in early because it was the last evening. It was about 3.30, 3.45 probably. And I get in there, and I, I'm walking into the tree, and I get pretty close to where those bucks bedded up at and that I spooked the the first day. And I'm, like, being real careful walking through there, and all of a sudden I see two deer walking right under the tree that I'm about to climb. Like, I see it's a buck and a doe, which is weird, you know, because he was a decent buck. He wasn't huge, but he was decent. Um, and, again, rangefinder. He was at that 40 to 50-yard mark, I, oh. and I couldn't – I just couldn't do it. I had plenty of shot opportunities. I mean, he was he was broadside, and they could care less that I was standing there because it was it, it had been raining, so the, the water was pretty um, wet. I mean, the, the ground was pretty wet. And I was able to get in there pretty quietly, and uh, and so I just didn't shoot. And they ended up they ended up kind of going off and into the CRP. And I climbed a tree, and about fifteen minutes later, about four thirty ish, four fifteen, two bucks walk out, <laughs> an eight point and a spike, which I probably wouldn't have shot the spike. I had an opportunity to shoot the spike. I would have shot the eight point though. And they walk out. I mean, it's hot, you know, but it had just stopped raining. And they come basically right where I had walked from. And uh, they look like they're about to follow this trail about 17 yards, about a 17-yard shot from the tree that I'm in. And they kind of turn around. The spike takes a different trail. So the eight-point follows him, and they go about Mm. 40 to 50 yards away. Oh, no, man. Yeah. I mean, every single deer, it was like. And, and, you know, I think now thinking back at it, I've went to the archery range and looked at that distance that I know is 50 yards. None of those deer were 50 yards. It's just it's just when you're not confident, man, your mind tells you like certain things. That's why I think confidence is everything. And even if you don't need a range finder, having the confidence of a range finder is very important for sure, because your mind's going to tell you a lot of different things. And and I, I mean, I learned that. So I bought a range finder today. Let's just be honest. I bought one today. Sweet. Um, I'm thinking about buying a second range finder to keep a backup. Back back yeah. yeah. Um, and you end up spending about the same price too, right? Yeah. 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 It was about the same price as so, the one that I <laughs> passed up. But I mean, that was my evening. I saw what three bucks, three bucks in a doe that evening. So, and probably would have had shot. I had honestly the distance that I could have shot those at was the same opportunity you got. Right. So basically, when I went in, I went by the gas station or Dollar General first, and I was, I dilly-dallied too much. I I didn't get there when I should have. The rain let up a little sooner than I thought. The storms didn't quite go the way I thought. I thought there was going to be more rain. When I show up in my spot, it had already stopped raining. Basically, as soon as I pull up to my spot. So I get to walking out there almost get to where the corner of this cornfield was and there's already like four or five does out there and so I sneak in and they end up running off back in the woods I get down there I pick up your GoPro uh, from the base of the tree <laughs> and uh, and get to my spot I was hunting this ditch I figured either I was like they're going to come up this you know there's a long ditch that they're going to come up into the corner of this field what I didn't know is if if they're going to come up from across the creek, you know, and come up this ditch, or if they're going to come off of this hill where, 
you know, typically here in Alabama, you'd be hunting the terrain again. This was set up perfectly. All they had to do is drop off with this particular wind, drop off this hill, come down into the, you know, corner of this field. So I'm hunting both areas. Um, well, I turn around and I look, I hear, you know, the birds cutting up. So I turn around and look. The deer evidently come up, you know, the little draw right into this field just out of range of where I could see and comes up into the corner of the field. What's the little buck? And I'm like, man, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I'm sitting here. I sit here for about 20 minutes. I was like, I've at least got to give him time to scoot on out away from the corner of this field and, you know, maybe put a sneak on him. So I wait, you know, give him a little, a little bit. And then I immediately come out of, uh, basically where he was at, where he come up into the field, he was only, I don't know, maybe like 30 yards, you know? So I'd sneak up to the edge of this. Well, there's a lot more, uh, brush between here and the field. So I do full sneak mode. Like I'm, I'm like doing a belly crawl. So I'm belly crawling. (laughs) I have to belly crawl, like, I don't know, 20 or 30 yards all the way up to the edge of the corn. You know, they leave like a little wall of corn, you know, about 10 yards. Um, and so I belly crawl all the way up to this, sneak through all of this corn, and then there's a, a doe out in the field right next to me, like, no lie, like 30 yards, maybe even closer. And then I end up seeing another doe. She was probably about 75 yards away. And I was I was looking at this uh, doe, and I was thinking about popping her. Now, I see the buck. The buck is, he's almost at the top of this hill now. So he's a good... I don't know, a hundred yards away from me at this point. Still so, in corn. Still in the corn. He's in the, the wide open, but hanging pretty close to, you know, the cover. So I was going to take the doe instead, you know, because I didn't want to waste my buck tag on a little buck, which he was. So, well, this is the last hunt. I mean, this is it. I mean, like, like we said, I mean, it's the bottom of the night. You know, bases are loaded, two balls, two strikes, two outs. You know, this is three, it. three balls, two strikes. Three right. ba- what did I say? Two balls, two strikes. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Okay. Full right. count. Full count. Full How count. about that? Full yeah. count. <laughs> so anyways, three balls, two strikes. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, I'm going to take this doe and we'll come back during the rut and I'll, I'll kill a nice buck. That's the plan. <laughs> For sure. This doe. <laughs> This little doe comes up closer, and I noticed she has spots. So, oh, man. I was like, oh, man. I was like, now what am I going to do? I was like, this other doe is, is coming across, and all of a sudden, she acts a little spooky. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still 60 yards away. The wind is blowing in my face. I don't know what, but she turned around, and, and she headed back towards the edge. So at this point, the buck, he just crest you know, this hill and he's about 150 yards away now. So what did I do? I was like, shoot. I was like, I'm going to bust this deer out of here. And then I'm going to put a full sneak mode on this, on this buck. I was like, you know, I've never killed one doing a stalk. This is going to be it. So I go ahead. I step out of the, you know, the corn where I was hidden and she looks at me and then she runs off into the woods. I look up You know, I can still see this doe is still on the edge, you know, up there in the corn. She went ahead and she went back into the woods. I take Mm. off like, I I mean, I'm not like a sprint, but I am trucking it. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty out of breath by the time I get uh, up there. 
And so I'm just now about to crest this hill and I look over and right where basically you come over this hill, the, the corn kind of cuts back up the hill. So it's like another corner, but it's like an outside corner. So I don't know if he's going to be behind the corner of this, you know, corn really close or if he's going to be out in the middle of it, you know, browsing around or eating. So I come up over it and I look and I don't see him anywhere. So I was like, this guy's got to be just around the corner of this corn. So I'll, I start easing my way around the corner and bam, there he is. I was like, oh crap. Luckily he was facing the other direction. And so right now I was like, I I don't know. He's a little bit far away, you know, a little bit further than I would be real comfortable shooting. And so I was like, I'm going to range this because I'm not very good at ranging. I always underdo it. I was like, oh, he looks closer and ends up being, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. 10 yards further. So I range him. It says like 39 yards. I was like, this is going to be a 40-yard shot. Ugh. I don't, I don't know. And I was, I had about 10 more yards that I probably could have snuck up to, but then I feel the wind hit me in the back and I'm like, oh man, I was like, this is it. This is it. I mean, this is it. <laughs> like, I don't know how much longer I've got. So I put, pull my rangefinder out, which the is the working, working, the working, working range finder. And, yeah. and I, you know, I'd ranged him and he was, you know, at that 40 yard mark. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'm going to wait for him to, to turn to he's quartering away and boom, it was dead quiet, by the way, dead quiet. It, you know, just rained. The wind is not, you know, blowing extremely hard. It's still blowing, but I'm out in a cornfield that's been cut. There's no sound whatsoever. Mm. And all everything around me is, you know, damp. So, I get set up, put that 40 yard pin on him and let her fly. And that's going to do and it for this episode of the Southern ground hunting podcast. Next week, we'll talk about what actually happened. Not really. And <laughs> it was an awesome shot, but that 40 yards, I'm not shooting, you know, a really, really fast bow. I don't have it set really, really fast. So my arrow is heavy, you know, it, it, it's just not a fast setup. Mm -hmm. So this deer ducked my arrow. I mean, down to the ground, ducked it. You can't tell from the tactic cam footage, but I mean, he fully, I mean, he went down like a foot. So like, I've never had an Alabama deer duck. They just don't. So he ends up, he ends up, uh, running back towards the middle of the cornfield he he's about the same distance from what it looked like to me so i put another 40 yard pin on him draw back he's looking at me and i fire away and i guess he just paused a little bit too long and <laughs> i mean it it hit him and so i went over checked my arrow he runs off into the field uh towards the edge and i thought he had already ran in he would have probably died in the field had I not come around that corner. Uh, and so when I came around, yeah. he saw me, ran back into the woods, and then I went down there, checked my arrow. It had blood on it. There was blood on the ground. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to let him sit because I was unsure of the shot. It, it sounded like a little thud. 
mm-hmm. you know, instead of, you know, a nice crisp, you know, pop. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, we ended up. Yeah, you ended up calling me. We were going to go. We were going to get a tracker, a local tracker, to come up there just to make sure we didn't lose this deer because he ran into some thick stuff. And then he got on the phone with. Yeah, Ammon. I got on the phone with Ammon mm-hmm. uh, McKinney, and he brought Woodrow up the next morning. But um, Adam Cruz, actually, from down south, came and uh, stayed with us that night. And we were all planning on going and tracking this deer. Ammon advised us, you know, hey, just if if you're not sure about the shot, because we thought liver, we thought liver shot. Um, he said, if you're not sure about it, just let the deer, give the deer time. I'll be there in the morning. I'll, and So um, I'm going to make a long story short because we're really running low on time. <laughs> if people haven't already tuned out. Hopefully they haven't, though, because it just, it just started getting really good. Um, but we, we we had to go pull that kayak out. Me and Adam Cruz had to go pull that kayak out the last day. You almost so, got struck by lightning. We almost died. We almost got you, struck by lightning, which you, you see in the video. Adam on video falling down the hill. Yeah, Adam described. slipped down the hill. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was it. Was a pretty long. It was a pretty long morning waiting on them to get there. Yeah. Then finally, Ammon and Woodrow got there, and dude, what they it took like three minutes. Yeah, three for minutes. him to track I that mean, deer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, straight to it. This was after like you know three inches inter- of rain. Like yeah. a, I mean, it was that's, that's, two, that's amazing. Two, yeah. I mean, it rained all morning, like from that tropical storm. I I, th- I felt like I had three inches of rain on me because I had kayaked in the rain. <laughs> yeah. In the video, you look wet. Bro. Me and Adam <laughs> had just pulled out that kayak. Like to me, there was ten inches of rain on the ground. Yeah, um, and dude, it was rough. But I mean, he found that deer in in three minutes. You know, it ended up being a perfect shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, See the video, shot. it was a great shot. Man. Yeah, perfect shot. Um, the deer went maybe thirty yards. The the dog went right to the site to the where the arrow hit the impact site went straight to the deer. I mean it was it was impressive, man. And uh, and that was it. I thought we were, dude. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I learned a lot of things. I learned, like I said, I didn't come back dumber. I learned a lot of things. Number one thing is, and I think um, we've talked about it already. Don't overthink stuff. Would you say that's probably the yeah the biggest thing Especially that you learned? Especially if you're hunting around ag early season. I mean, the closer you yeah. are to it, the better off you are. In my the better opinion. off you're going to be. Um, and if you find a, one buck, hunt that area. Yeah, I mean that was going to be my number two. If you get on deer, don't leave them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you if you go back and hunt it and don't see deer, fine, but keep giving it a shot. You know, until until you're not seeing deer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which is common sense, really, is what that is. But I learned that. Uh, let's see. Keep your release strapped to you or carry an extra release. Make sure you got all your belongings. Yeah. yeah. Don't leave your cameras under trees. Don't lose your keys. Don't pass up a rangefinder whenever your rangefinder doesn't work. Uh, And then the real things. um, Man, how easy it was for that dog to track that deer. Yeah. If you're unsure, back out. Right. Most of these times, you know, they just want money for gas. You know, throw in a little extra money, you know, if you want to. Uh, I'm sure they appreciate it. They're not going to ask for money because they enjoy it. But any kind of donation is is definitely, you know. You'd be hard-pressed to find a, a, a tracking dog better than Woodrow, and they don't ask for money. They right. just, I mean, give them, give them something if well, you that's can. That's the coolest thing ever. Give them gas drove, money. Was that a four-and-a-half-hour drive from his house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, he that's had to awesome. go about two hours out of his way. He was already going up to to Kentucky to another place, 
but he had to go about two hours out of his way to get so over there. That. That's awesome, man. That's and and it's just fun. You know, it's fun practice yeah. for him. It's fun for his dog, you know. Mm-hmm. And that deer was deader than a doornail when we got into it, yeah, man. It was. It had been dead for a while. But Look at that shot. Yeah, um, unfortunately, we we thought the deer might be alive for a little bit, yeah. you know, so we gave it time. But that deer, he ended up dying, you know, probably right away. And there mm-hmm. were already, there were flies everywhere all over it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think we, I think I probably got, I think I may have touched a little bit of gut too on that back end because mm-hmm. he was quartering. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate that. I really hate. And I, I kind of beat myself up over it on the way home. And I told Parker about it. You know, I really wished I would have made an attempt mm-hmm. to go look for it. Um, but, you know, it's kind of one of those situations, you know, you could think about it a hundred different ways and do it a hundred different ways. But mm, yeah, that's I think tough. We, you can't beat yourself up about it though. I mean, it's, yeah, we may, I told him we made the smart decision. It may not have been the right decision, but it was a smart decision. I think in that moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, we could have bumped it and never found the deer and, you know, which never has happened. Covered. I mean, how many times does that happen? Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, I don't blame you, man. And that's tough. I mean, that sucks, but it's kind of part of it sometimes. Right. Unfortunately. So, so here's the deal. So that was fun. Like, it was a fun trip. I oh, enjoyed yeah. the crap out of it. For the, the whole last, this past week, I've been like, man, I, I would do anything to go back. Yeah, I told and, Parker uh, last night, I was like, man, I was like, uh, let's let's go up. I was like, I'll just film you. Maybe maybe yeah. shoot a doe or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what we're going to do, we got all this stuff on film. Like, we have a video for almost every single day, and then the last two days are merged together. The the kill and the and the track are, are those two days are merged together. Um, so we're going to do another giveaway for this because I, I, I think it, I, I think people would love to watch it. I mean, go watch it. Even if you don't want to do the giveaway, go watch these videos. They're fun, man. I enjoyed making them. Like, I know you enjoyed making them, too. It was, right. it was just a lot of fun. Um, the fact we, that it's all on public land is really cool. It's mm-hmm. adventurous, and you can kind of see everything that we're talking about. We learned a lot about our setups, too, mm-hmm. because we had a lot of equipment malfunctions and, and different things happen. Uh, I know I did, especially yeah. a lot of my audio was, was messed up with all the clicking. I guess mm-hmm. I think my, my Wi-Fi on my phone was turned on and I think that was probably mm. a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of signal issues. Yeah. But we, uh, we want you to watch these videos and maybe to give you a little bit of an incentive, we're going to give away another Onyx premium membership to you. All you have to do is go and subscribe and comment on one of these Kentucky semi-live videos on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. Um, we can see the people who subscribe. We can see you when you comment. Um, we're going to pick one name out of the people who do that. And uh, you, when we pick you, you're going to have a chance to win a Onyx membership. Because we want you to watch these videos. We want you to see them. Yeah, they're awesome. While y'all were there, man, I'd get the boys in bed and head, head to YouTube and watch, and watch those videos. And they were so good, man. They were awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate cool. it. It was a lot of fun. We're going to keep doing them all season long. That was just kind of the beginning of it. Right. Good way to start it out. But um, do you have anything else, Mike? No, I think I'm good. Blake? No, nah, man. Y'all got me wanting to go out of state and hunt, though. I, I mean, just the adventures you have. I mean, even even the bad stuff makes it fun. You know what I mean? And Was it so. you, Blake, who told me last year? I, um, I hope you. I, I don't know what you're going to bring up. Bad things inevitably oh. will happen. 
Yeah, I did tell you that. Yeah, it's inevitable. Bad, you, you, bad things are going to happen. You put curses on me. <laughs> bad things didn't happen to me until you started saying that. Oh, sorry, man. Uh-huh. I'm going to take it back now. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean but that. But when you look back on them, the story is It's all amazing. because you said, I don't miss deer if they're in front of me. I don't miss them. <laughs> That's what you said. I, no, I said I, I capitalize on situations. Yeah, capitalize on situations. <laughs> I was like, I miss deer. He's like, well, I, I don't usually have that problem. I usually capitalize on situations. And then, but then you made me sound like a cocky jerk. He, he took my. You made me sound like a cocky jerk. What I said was, I don't get a whole lot of situation. I don't get a whole lot of opportunities. But typically, I can capitalize on the opportunity. Like, Whereas Mike gets a lot of opportunities. He just didn't ever capitalize on the opportunity, <laughs> and it worked the opposite this Until time. Still now. The tables yeah, because I got a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I think yeah, I think did. I got more opportunities than anybody on the trip. Yeah, you did. I just didn't capitalize. Happens sometimes, so, man. Yeah. Now that now it means you get to take another trip to Kentucky. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna kill a bigger buck than Mike. Oh. I'm just kidding. Well, that's not uh, gonna be hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's not about the size of the ship, Mike. It's the motion. No, I don't what, know that one. No, I am said. <laughs> yeah, what is it that he said? It's he not the si- it's not the size of the rack. It somebody on Facebook said it's not the yeah, size of the rack. It's the experience it took to get there. Ah, uh, yeah, or something. And Ammon said, "I thought you were going to say it's not the size of the rack. It's the motion <laughs> of the ocean." <laughs> Life lessons. But uh, yeah, I mean, we learned a lot of lessons on this trip. That yeah, was just man. one of them. But it was a lot of fun, man. And uh, and like, I mean. Like you said, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go try to. I'm, I've I've still got a tag to fill in Kentucky. I've got three tags to fill in Alabama. I've got. Uh, I think I get two or three tags in in Texas. Are you gonna go to Oklahoma this year? No. Okay. Not Oklahoma. Or, I thought about going to Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. But okay. I'm not gonna go. But I'm going to Texas. We got some trips. Some trips coming up. So. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. If you guys get a chance to go out of state, do it. Because it you won't you won't regret it even if you have a crappy time like I did, not a crappy time, crappy situations. Situation. Yep. So go do it. Um, I think that's about it. As always, you guys, thank you to our partners at New Breed Archery, at Go Wild, at Onyx, and at Tethered. Until next time, you guys, remember um, God gave us dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So remember to go out and exercise that dominion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.